Hey everybody, superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Line, episode 442 from June 9th, 1997. A Monday night show with no guest. Just the love between the two hosts. Adam has a head full of steam because he bought a new big screen TV, which is possibly the very same one that he gave away on Tom Green's 2007 web show, a 50-inch Mitsubishi. Adam gives some practical advice to listeners about setting up privacy locks in bedrooms and television placement. Adam really does love this new 50-inch TV. This is another Kevin tape. It's been entirely missing from the archive for 17 years. First time anybody's heard is you hearing it now. Enjoy. This is indeed a classic episode. Coming up for you, we have four in a row. We have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night. We don't have Sunday or Sunday. The one before this, the one after. Both missing from the archive. The show should be pretty steady in order from here. We'll pop in the Kevin tapes where we can, and anything else that seems to be missing from the archive. There may be some bonuses as well. Daggeroni. As per usual, this was recorded in 1997. Some of the medical advice may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Current Day Loveline. 1-800-LOV-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo and get on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. Yes! Oh, yes! Yes, Drew. All right. All right. That is Dr. Drew. Uh, I'm Adam Carolla. Dr. Drew is a board-certified physician, Dick's medicine specialist. Love line phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. Got a big screen TV today. Oh, you did? Yes. Yes. Where'd you put it? Yes. Put it in the den. You'll yes. Have oh, the den here. Okay. Right. Yes. Yes, yes. You already have that suspended giant uh, uh, video wall you've got. That's uh, one TV. Oh my god. I'm a multi. I'm like Elvis. You you are like. This, you, you're right, scary. Let, let me tell you what everyone should do. I've been doing this for years, and I finally did it right. You take your TV. Now everyone these days has a TV in the room, and it's uh it's nice to have a TV in your room. And then you put the, t- the VCR in the room and you don't leave the room because uh, oh, there's two things you should do. I'm gonna, I, w- I wanna talk to people about how to set things up. First thing you should do is put a lock on your bedroom door. So you don't stay there? Hmm? So you don't, you mean on the, on the inside? So you can yeah, lock on the other inside. people out. Right. Just on the inside. Because think about it. I mean, you tell me if this is paranoid thinking or not. Uh, my house uh, doesn't have a lot of uh, high security. Right. And I think, I like to sleep. I like to put the fan on. Right. You know, I like the thing buzzing by my head. You I like the it. noise. Helps me go to bed. Right. If someone decided to break into the house, uh, they could walk right into my room and be standing uh, at the foot of the bed, right. uh, wielding a uh, butcher's knife or you know meat cleaver, and I'd have no idea. Probably until uh, my my right leg would probably be completely severed, and I wouldn't even wake up until they started in on the left leg. Right. I put a lock on my door. When I go to bed at night, I lock the lock. I know you see the whole world through your perspective, but some of us have kids. Right. you got to keep them out, too. Oh, yeah. Because uh, Papa Drew and Mama Drew could be uh, working on another little baby Drew. No, but, all right, you have kids. All right, so for you, you can't do that. But, you know, you, no, you, can, you have to have a lock on the door. Oh, you have to have a lock. Oh, oh okay. you got to do it. Well, that's good. Good. But the point is, is it's, it's, it's simple, it's easy, and it's, it helps you sleep at night. Yeah. Put the lock yeah. on. Yeah. Someone breaks in, uh, let them run around the house. All right. All right. TV. Number two, take the TV and don't just put it on top of the dresser at the foot of the bed. Hang it up. 
put it up on the wall. So a little tremor should come along and the thing can just collapse no, you on get, your head. No, you get one of those uh, things they have at bars. They have at all the uh, Home Depot type stores and the home improvement stores. It's 30 bucks. It's a metal bracket. You lag bolt it. Uh, you got to find a stud. I mean, you can't just put, you know, uh, anchors into the wall. You got to find a stud and you take a lag bolt and you put it into the stud and you mount the TV up on it and it's got a little swivel arm on it. It's an adjustable thing. It's like they have at sports bars. Right. And you put your TV up there, and then you angle it down, and then you watch it from bed. And it's like uh, you're, in you're in a hospital, but you're not sick. I mean, a, a hospital's great, except for the part of uh, you're getting, uh, you know, kidney surgery the following day. Other than that, it's a great thing. All right. All right. The big TV now. Yeah, well, uh, so I got mine actually mounted in the wall. I've seen it. Ingenious, wouldn't you say, Drew? Yeah, it's frightening. They laughed at me when I was bashing a hole in that wall, but I said, no, this is a stroke of genius. Oh, anyway, I got the big screen, 50 inches. Oh, oh I'm, in just, I'm just in dude heaven. I've, I, big screens have been on the scene how many years now? Uh, 20? 15, 20 years? Yeah. This is my first one. Yeah. And you, yeah, it's a Mitsubishi. You know you've arrived when you have the big screen, even though everybody else has one before you. I don't care. It is. I was walking around my house just holding the remote over my head in slow motion with the uh, music pounding in my own head of just... It's just a historical uh, moment, and I wish you guys could have been there. I have no idea what that riff was, but it was. It sounded very proud. It was That's like uh, the gladiators uh, take the arena. Like 2001. Right. And I have not yet to uh, witness porn uh, through the 50-inch screen, but uh, I, never I, I, could, I could only imagine. Uh, it's, That's it. Okay, huh? ladies and gentlemen, Adam Carolla will be absent for the next... No, here's my months. prediction. I either phone in uh, the show tomorrow night, or I come in with the sofa stuck to my back. It's one or the other. Uh, Mick, 21. Mick? Hi. Mickey. Mickey. Oh, Mickey, sorry. Hi. Hey. Um, I really like Yellowstone, and uh, my problem is that um, I've been dating a guy on and off for the last like year, and he talks about his ex-girlfriend a lot. Big screens for the homeless. That's <laughs> what I'm about. That's my latest campaign. Everyone should have a big screen, Drew. They should not be not denied a big screen in this country of ours. Right. What's going on? He always talks about like his ex-girlfriend a lot, uh. and he talks about like how he hates her and how she's like really mean and other stuff and it's just like but he always talks about her right how long have you been with him well i was with him for like like six months but he's in the navy and i broke up with him before he went out on his last cruise his be cruise is six months long because he was leaving well no i broke up with him because he started talking about like marriage and stuff mm. and i wasn't ready for that because i was like 20 mm -hmm. and it like scared me real bad i was like whoa i'm not sure you know sure and i broke up with him and i moved to ohio for a while and, uh, but while I was there, he was all I could think about. So I started writing him letters and stuff. And I'd heard that he was engaged, and I was like, congratulations and stuff. And he, like, wrote me back and said, oh, no, we're not engaged anymore. I broke it off with her again. And I was like, okay. This is the same girl? Yeah. Okay. All right, what's your question for us? Well, I don't know what to do because he's always talking about her. And I don't know how to, you know, if I should just sit there and listen. Uh, he or deserves her. Yeah, but, but wait a minute. In other he, words, you're ambivalent about how you feel about him. He's not the love of your life. He's frightened well, you off a couple of times. He, his level of commitment to you is uh, ambivalent at best or uh, you know, uncertain. And uh, he is uh, clearly still preoccupied with his ex-girlfriend. She's probably a mess. I mean, there's probably a lot of chaos in that relationship, and that's what he's sort of drawn back to. 
not not necessarily a good thing. I mean, let 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 your instincts prevail here. Well, I think I like love him because I mean he's all I think about. I think about him when I wake up in the morning. I think about him when I go to bed. I think about him. Constantly. Well, yeah, but listen, when people are into heroin, just think about heroin all day. Okay. Doesn't mean it's good. Just means they're preoccupied with it. When did you get so preoccupied? When? When? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, how did it happen? Because you had broke up with him and everything was fine, and then all well, of a sudden. Well, I broke up with him, and I just like, because I was like, and I was like, whatever, and I just started partying a lot, like drinking and junk, and then I just got like kind of bored of the scene, I guess, and I was like, started to like sober up, basically. And well, and then you had to you had to fill that void with something else. Right, and, and that's something else is the preoccupation with him. Right, and then I just. Mickey. Once I stopped drinking, I was like, right. man, I miss him. Yeah, completely. I mean, Mickey, you, you, something, something's up with Mickey. Uh, <laughs> and whether you're an alcoholic or whether you're depressed or whatever the situation is, you seem to be avoiding what we call avoiding affect. You're going from one preoccupation to the next, so you don't have to have any real feelings. And uh, this boyfriend, this guy that's in the Navy, is just the latest uh, in your, your series of escapes. All right, and let me uh, make this uh, observation. Drew, I, I know you'll agree. Even relationships that start good are difficult uh, in the long haul. Right. Even, even uh, relationships that are nothing but bliss for the first year, uh, still, uh, oftentimes, uh, there can be difficulty in the marriage right. uh, down the road. Uh, when anybody I've ever known who's had a rocky relationship, uh, on again, off again, um, got people getting into substances, uh, people getting back with old this and that, and then getting back together, and then maybe there's a little violence or something, and they oh, break yeah. up again. Uh, these really don't last. Right. I mean, you want to know what the future's going to look like? Just look back. Uh, see what the last year and a half was like. Right. Uh, just because you make the commitment to marriage doesn't really change your personality or no. his personality. No, 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 no. So if it's rocky, forget it. Uh, I think you should have a, like a good, solid uh, year of um, no waves. No tremors, no earthquakes, no tornadoes, no disasters. Just a nice, clean, smooth, good year communication, and then uh, see about getting married. Yep. All right. Uh, I'm going to take this one, Drew. There are, at least, there are at least two or three other people out there uh, who uh, are able to accomplish that. Thank you. Uh, I know uh, that's why I've never got married. Uh, Drew, I know modesty prevents you from uh, talking to Judy, who's 20. Hi. But I want to talk to her. Um, I called, I didn't call, I heard last night that um, Drew was really upset because that girl hadn't been helped after listen, listening to him for, what, 13 years or something? Uh, I think it may have been 14, but... Oh, um, yeah, yeah, well, anyway... Let I, me just recap for a second, Judy. Uh, a woman called in late last night, maybe about 11.30 or so, started off by saying, I've been listening to the show since uh, 1983. Uh, which, which is when it went on here in Los Angeles. It was on, uh, for people who don't know the history of the show, it went on. Uh, I'm the third host, by the way, and it went on in Los Angeles uh, 14 years ago. It was only on Sunday night for many years and then went every night, but it never went national until uh, right about the time I came on about a year and, I don't know, eight months ago or something like that. So, for those of you who are uh, sitting in, uh, you know, Minneapolis or D.C. or Chicago and wondering uh, what the hell everyone's talking about, it has been a local show for many years. Uh, one, one I was not involved with, except for I used to listen and um, dream of one day meeting the great Dr. Drew. And, and this, yeah, and that too. And this girl called, and she said, I've been listening for 14 years, and Drew was uh, very excited, and then, and then uh, turned out to be crazy as a loon. 
And Drew was uh, visibly shaken by the fact that someone who had been listening religiously since, uh, you know, what, 12, 13 years old right. could grow up to be such a crackpot. And, and my uh, supportive co-host kept driving that nail deeper. <laughs> well, I, I seized upon it as good radio, Drew. Yeah, thank you. All right. So, Judy, you're here to say... I'm here to say that I've only been listening for a year, and I'm sorry, but um, that's how long we've been getting it for, I think. And uh, I just wanted to say that I've been helped, and I appreciate your show, and it's been great entertainment and education for me. Uh, Can you give a specific example of Drew touching your life? <laughs> or just your ass? <laughs> of Drew touching my life. Yeah, I mean, give us some, uh, you know what I mean? Are you in a relationship? Let's see. Oh, I was in one that was um, kind of abusive um, mm -hmm. mentally. And mm -hmm. I... Didn't, I didn't know it, and I didn't know how to get out of it and uh, what to do. And it was just like listening to you guys, like hearing other people going through the exact same thing I was going through. It was kind of cool, you know, that I wasn't alone and that, um, there you go. that I could get through it. That's know? how it's and supposed it, to work. You know what I'm saying? It you was, got out, though, yes? Yeah, I right. got out of it. And, uh, and you haven't gotten in another one like that? No. Right. <laughs> I've actually avoided two like that, which there is kind of nice. <laughs> Drew Turner, lesbian. Uh, <laughs> no, Drew, you, wanna, you did a little no, too right. much. Back yeah, off. I Whatever it takes. I haven't been monogamous. I'm like a... <laughs> Uh, what is it like? No sex, and no relationships. You have to understand that. <laughs> but uh, I'm not a lesbian either. Okay. All right. Anyway. So your life has uh, now become bliss uh, because yeah. you hear Doctor Drew's uh, velvety, soothing voice yeah. over the air. You enlighten me. <laughs> All right, Judy. Judy, thank you. Thank you. I feel better. Bye. All right. Now, see, don't don't yeah, you feel the good? Listeners are helping me now. See. All right, uh, let's, uh, let's make that no mini theme tonight. Uh, listeners, call in and tell us how Drew has touched your life. Ju uh, Justin, to get least one more wait a minute, Justice. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Hi. 40. Yeah, what's your question? Um, this is for Dr. Drew. Yes, ma'am. Um, in April, I went down to visit my boyfriend who is in Los Angeles County for a visit, and during the time I was down there, I had some problems with, with my heart. Back in 1981, I was diagnosed by a cardiologist with prolapse mitral valve. Mm-hmm. And recently I've been having spells, and I've, I've been pretty much controlling them by myself, but um, this one just, like, came out of nowhere and it landed me, okay? What did you have, extra beats? Or um, yeah, they said that they diagnosed me um, where he was at with um, irregular heartbeat, and they wanted to put me in the hospital right away, but I had to catch a bus to come back home because um, I have two kids. Let me ask you two quick questions. When you say went to visit your boyfriend in Los Angeles County, yeah. you don't mean jail, do you? You mean county? Um, he's in Calipatria State Prison. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're smooth, baby. <laughs> I had him put there. Oh, you did? Yes. That's wonderful. And let me ask you, uh, we'll get to that in a second. Isn't it uh, MVP, micro... Yeah. Uh, yeah, mitral valve, mitral valve pro prolapse. MVP, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. So anyway, yeah, but it's um, interesting how the more inter the more yeah, fascinating part of the story is the, yeah. uh, the the boyfriend and why he's in jail. Well, now how did you have him put in, and um, how do I get Drew in? He was um, he was strung out on methamphetamine for a really long time. Did he get violent? Um, yeah. 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 Uh, it, all, it eventually always happens with speed. Yeah. Um, speed. I called you guys like two years ago and I asked for your advice, Doctor Drew, and yeah. so I took it and I had him more or less. Arrested, and um, I made up a big old concocted lie that he had been hitting me, which he hadn't, but he did the night before. Uh. And um, I could have gotten really big trouble because they said that was a felony, making yeah. up a lie. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, but anyway, make a long story short, um, they gave him four years state prison time. Yeah. And um, right now, that's where he's still sitting. He's due to be paroled in um, December. Is he of getting this year. treatment? Huh? Is he getting treatment? Um, he. Went to a prison before they sent him to Calipatria in Norco, and he graduated from the drug program. Good. Okay, good. And um, he's like made a 
180 degree turnabout. If, if you really get sober, he'll actually thank you for having put him through all this stuff, believe it or not. I hope so. And after he's done beating the crap out of you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, the mitral prolapse, again, all that is is basically a redundancy or floppiness of the main intake valve into the left side of the heart, the left yeah, ventricle. But, um, and it has n really no prognostic significance. It virtually he, um, cannot harm you. Yeah, the doctor that originally diagnosed me, um, he had me taken off the medication and stuff after I, five years. I would not take medication. Well, let me finish it. I would not take medication for mitral prolapse. The medications are more likely to hurt you than the prolapse. Really? Absolutely. It's just... Well, it, it when I came back from L.A., the, the, the doctor that checked me out in the hospital here in Lodi told me that um, he had no business taking me off the medication that... Prolapse mitral valve, you don't just get rid of it. You have it the rest of your life. That's correct, but you should not be treated. In my opinion, uh -huh. you should essentially almost never take medication for mitral valve, females particularly. For men, it has a little bit of a different prognostic situation. For women, provided the valve isn't actually leaking and it's just prolapsing, uh -huh. it cannot hurt you in any way. It can create some uncomfortable side effects. What's prolapse mean? Um, Ballooning out. He said uh -huh. that mainly the valve shuts down and the blood... No, 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 no. Forget it. More women have it than don't have it. Okay. My okay? Question? If it really were significant, half the women in the world would drop dead. Yeah. Okay. My question is... Um, <laughs> There'd be a lot of corpse get, love going on, I'll tell you, in the first day or so, Drew. Yeah, they, they took a bunch of tests, and now they're telling me... They gave me a medical paper that I have here at home, and it says that, um, from the results of the test, that they hear what's called a loud systolic click at the right apex. Right, which is, which is synonymous with a diagnosis of mitral valve prolapse. Is that what it means? You, you, can, you should settle. You're not hearing me. Okay. For some reason, somebody got you worked up that this is going to hurt you in some way. It cannot. Uh, maybe you're working it, yourself maybe up. By maybe you're time, glad to have a title. Maybe the, the valve will leak someday, and maybe by the age of 70, you will have a, a, some kind of valve dysfunction that will be of significance to you. But oh, the majority wow. of time, uh, it has absolutely no meaning whatsoever, except you should take the endocarditis prophylaxis before dental work. And that's well, they had me on... Um, All right, now listen, man, listen. Just, uh, you listen. need to settle down about this. This ain't uh, Dr. Dean Adele's show. Okay. Um, the Lord knows I wish it was, as I love that man. Yeah, Sexual-wise, um, being that I'm supposed to be at my sexual peak right now, I haven't had sex in like two years, okay? That's good. Your husband's in the clink, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. And um, what I want to know is like with this mitral valve prolapse, I seem to be getting like more tired, more fatigued and stuff. No, right. Were you take, uh, hold on. Can you not work because uh, of it? No, I can, I can work, but they're telling me that I need to take it more easy now that I'm getting older. Does Good. Not, Everyone not who's older should take it more easy. Yeah. Uh, like I said, almost it is almost true that more women have mitral valve prolapse than don't. If this were significant, all women that turn 40 would suddenly have to take it easy, and it's just not the case. All right. Uh, listen. Uh, stop focusing uh, on your ticker and uh, worry about the kids. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, oh. If anything, we're going to make her tired of the medication. They usually give Tenormin for this. All right. Hold on. Hold on. How many kids do you have, Justice? Uh -huh. Two. How many kids? Two. Two. How old are they? They're 14 and 15. All right. Take care of them. Okay. Do you hear me? Yes, I will. There's still time. Okay. And, and there's, right. there's a probability at least one of them will have the addiction genes. Uh, I probably wasn't even that husband. They, uh, are they be. kids of this guy? Huh? Are they both kids of uh, the guys in jail? No. Huh? Uh, okay. <laughs> See, Drew? <laughs> uh, Drew, you're so naive. It's true. You assume uh, that uh, just because she has a husband and kids uh, that, the, that he must have sired them. I can tell. Right, listen, all I got to do is listen to someone's voice. I can tell uh, who's, who's been naughty and who's been nice. <laughs> I'm uh, St. Nick with a microphone. I'm your ultimate nightmare. Would that be St. Nick? I can tell.
Yeah. Yeah. Steve, 16. Yeah, hey, what's going on, guys? Hey. First of all, I want to say you guys are pretty funny. <laughs> hey, thank you. Guys all the time. All righty, Steve-o. The, the reason why I was calling, though, because, like, um, I got with my girlfriend, like, a month ago, right? And, like, I dumped her, like, just, like, last week because she played on me, right? And, like, now she wants to get back with me. I don't know what I should do. All right, don't do it. Let's go to another call here. Robert, 14. Hey, Drew. Robert. Oh, yeah, Adam. Yeah, my, um, <laughs> my dad, I mean, like, when I was, like, young, he used to beat me. And it, and it was, like, ridiculous. I mean, he, oh, I'm sorry, calculus. All right. And, um, was, I mean. How old were you? Now that, I mean, he, my mom divorced him three years ago. How old were you when that was happening? Um, I was about maybe six through eleven. Wow. And and I want to know if that would um that would that is gonna affect um my relationship with a woman. Uh yes. It 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 is probably going to. It almost has to. But but here's a good question, Drew. Uh, hold on a second, Robert. Let me pose this hypothetical. As you know, uh, you people who listen know. I hope you know uh, by now that. Uh, Women's relationships are oftentimes affected by uh, daddy uh, when they get get older, and men's relationships are most certainly affected by mommy. You seem to be very uh, in tune with that aspect. I, I understand psychology. Ah. As much as uh, people like to pass me off as the uh, boob who uh, flanks Drew in his brilliant uh, mind, I have uh, great wisdom and insight. Ah. I just broke wind, too. Mm. The point is this. When uh, the, the, the parent, the opposite parent, uh, gender-wise, is the one that affects you. Now, daddy beating his son, I don't know what that does to uh, the relationships with women. It doesn't help, but, I mean, would it be worse to have a horrible mother in terms of relationships? Probably. I think it would. Yeah, probably. But but any physical abuse, as I said, I... I um I was reading an old textbook. I think it affects the relationship you're going to have with your kids, and I think it yes. affects the relationship you have with other males. And with yourself. And with yourself. Right, how you feel about yourself. Right. But, but, but I, I was reading an old textbook about uh, sexual deviancy and things like that, and at the end of this textbook, this guy goes on a, on a sort of editorial commentary about how really all this stuff comes out of kids being abused in some fashion, particularly physical abuse. And his comment was, when, when will society learn that this is just what happens when kids are abused? They act it out in, in peculiar ways later. So there's uh, apt to be some, some repercussion in, in their sexual expressions, too. That's uh, uh, quite a coincidence, because I was out in the garage today uh, thumbing through a uh, 60s uh, magazine called Frisky. And although there were no words, I still felt uh, some um, connection to what you're saying, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> All right. got to get new writers for this show. All right, so, Robert, uh, uh, you're fine, except for you need some therapy uh, well, you, you need and don't have kids. <laughs> Thank you. Just be tuned in to how it affects you. and be Watch it. Whenever things seem to be uh, hostile, angry, aggressive kinds of impulses will come out of those sorts of, of uh, treatments. All right, next. Uh, Monica, 16. She cheated on her boyfriend. Should she tell him he'll dump her? Mm-hmm. Class. So, once again, you're struggling with what to get that gamer slash geek in your life. You know, the one surgically attached to the screen, speaking a language that you can barely understand. Well, here's the answer. Loot Crate. That's right, Loot Crate. 
It costs less than 20 bucks a month, and you get six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, and unique one-of-a-kind items that are targeted right at your gamer geek. This month's Loot Crate is a head-to-head rough-and-tumble battle for your senses. As Loot Crate celebrates fighting heroes, battling rogues, 8-bit brawlers, and other factions that you love from some of your geek and gaming favorites, including exclusive collectibles from Mega Man and Assassin's Creed. They've also got Halo, Street Fighter, and more surprises. Plus, when you sign up, you get the chance to get exclusive t-shirts you won't find anywhere else. You do not want to miss out on this in November. Well, maybe you do, but your gamer will not. You've got till 9 p.m. Pacific on the 19th to subscribe and get this month's crate. If you wait till the 20th, it's over, you miss out, and everybody's sad. So make sure you get to LootCrate.com slash podcast. And then when you get there, enter code podcast and save 10% on all new subscriptions. That's LootCrate.com slash podcast. The solution to your holiday gift problems for every gamer, geek, and pop culture enthusiast on the planet. Go there. They'll make you look cool for less than 20 bucks a month. You're not going to find that deal anywhere else. Hi, everybody. It's Kathy Lee Gifford. And this week on Kathy Lee and Company, two of the funniest people literally on the planet. First, it's the sharp-witted Dennis Miller. And then a man whose comic art form specializes in creating some of the most uncomfortably compelling characters we've ever seen, including his latest Netflix hero, Derek, whom I just love. And I'm crazy about the one and only Ricky Gervais at PodcastOne.com. That's PodcastOne.com. Hi, this is Mike Ness from Social Distortion, and you're enduring the love line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Mm-hmm. Yes, you is. True, never step... You never step being a doctor, do you? Try not to. Not for too long. <laughs> Drew just for, uh, phoning in a prescription. All right, uh, Madam Carolla, as Dr. Drew, uh, Wednesday night the offspring will be in here, but uh, now it is all about you. Drew, you ready to go back to the phones? Mm-hmm. Monica, 16. Hello. Hey. I have a problem with my relationship right now. Um, uh-huh. I've been with this guy for about four and a half, almost five months, and I cheated on him a couple weeks ago, and I've been feeling really guilty, and I'm afraid to tell him because I know that he'll end it. So I don't know if I should tell him and be honest. Why did you cheat? Huh? Why did you did you cheat? <laughs> now, Eddie, Hold on, you I, I, I want to work this. Uh, I I I'll, I'll tell you. I've learned a lot from uh, speaking to the youth of America. The huh defense uh, is the one uh, that I'm, I'm most smitten with, and I really would like to see this worked into the courtroom. <laughs> If, if at all possible. You know, they have the court TV, and they televise all the big trials now. Uh, you know, Timothy uh, McVeigh could be up on the stand, and uh, they could say, uh, Timothy, did you uh, not, in fact, uh, load the um, rental van with uh, 3,000 metric tons of manure and then park it in front of the federal building uh, knowing you would kill innocent people? Huh? Right. <laughs> Every time we ask someone a question they don't want to answer, they always answer with, Huh? Yeah, yeah. Why? Or, or the repeat the question. Uh, why did I leave him? Uh, uh, why did you leave him? Uh, why did I leave him? Huh? Huh? Uh. <laughs> as if, as if Drew and I are going to spot something shiny in the studio and become distracted. Hey, Drew, over there! All righty. So anyway, uh, uh, you know, just make nice. I don't remember what the question was. <laughs> why don't why? Why did you cheat? Huh? 
Monica? Yes. All right, I want you to repeat this. Okay. Why did you cheat? Because... See, when you ask them to do something, then they won't do it. That's beautiful. No, it was a really stupid reason. Is at the time, I wasn't sure how I felt about him because we'd been fighting for a long time, so all my friends told me just to cheat on him, and then I know how I felt. Uh, hmm. Fascinating yeah. advice. Right. Hey, uh, Drew, you yeah, ever stepped huh? on... Uh, <laughs> no, no, knock it off. You ever stepped on uh, dog duty with uh, bare feet? No. No. Yeah, but So you don't know that? No, I don't. You don't. Well, you better take your shoes off and go running through uh, the doggy park. And then to really know whether I like it, I'll have to step on something else. Cat, right. Cat pours. Right. Something. You have to compare yeah. it. Right, right. All right, Monica. Yeah? Boy, you're tired of us already, aren't you? No. Uh, okay. Uh, how old is he? He's my age. He's 15, too, but he's almost 16. Mm-hmm. Now, you fooled around with someone he knew? Um, no, he didn't know him because mm. he was to a different school. How was this relationship gone? It was great. I mean... No. Wait, 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 How's he treat you? Good. Very well, right? Yes. Have, we, we can hang on. So good. I bet. How have your other relationships been? Good. Really? Like this one? No. Oh. How have the other ones been? They've been good. It's just a week ago. I don't know. Hang on, hang on a second. What, what typically happens in your relationships? Well, usually they all go pretty good until, until the end, of course. Like, the last month is just kind of not even, it might as well not even be a relationship because it's just screwed, and then we just, one of us ends up dumping it. And again. what happens at the point at which it becomes screwed? I don't know. What, what is it like then? What, kind of, how, what, what are your inner... stop talking. Uh. We don't have anything to talk about anymore. Mm. We just... All right, let me get, uh, I'll get to what Drew's uh, been trying to get at. Okay. You are doing, uh, in Drew's uh, mind at least, what a lot of people do in relationships, which is you sabotage them when they're going too well. You right. cannot tolerate too well. If it's too good, no, no, no. It becomes, uh, becomes frightening. It's uncomfortable. You, you see what we're saying? Yeah. Listen, people uh, aren't as... Ah, here, here's what I want to say. What do you think of this, uh, everybody? Uh, all right, thank you, Drew, but that's not what I was going to say. Now you've confused everyone. People are more calculated than they think, much more calculated. They might not be in touch with that, but your mind is very calculating, and your mind will steer you. These things where uh, we had a couple of drinks, uh, one thing led to another, I don't know what, uh, what came over me, is in reality a calculated move by your mind. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you are too close in a relationship and you must sabotage it somehow. And your mind, uh, there's a part of your mind that knows more about you than you do and it will go on autopilot. Mm -hmm. Is this right, Drew? Yeah, that's basically And right. will steer you into the arms of another man or will uh, steer you into some sort of horrible situation or alcohol or abuse or whatever it is because it has a plan for you that you're not even aware of. So should I tell him? <laughs> I know there are people who are listening who are appreciating this, Drew. God is my God is my witness. I have to believe that. Somebody else, but not Monica. All right, you, but Monica, here's what we're saying. There's a big part of you that you're not in touch with that wants to sabotage this relationship. Otherwise, there's no way you're going to fool around on a guy that you're really uh, smitten with. You understand? Now, you can tell him, and uh, he's probably going to dump you, and then you'll get what you uh, set out to do. This is what you wanted. 
You wanted to end the relationship or you wouldn't have fooled around with a guy you were uh, so in love with after only four months. You understand? Yeah. Do you know what we're saying? I do. All right. And wh where's your dad? My dad, my parents are divorced. Uh-huh. He doesn't live with me. Do you yeah. Have, do you have any kind of relationship with him? Do I what? Have any kind of relationship with him? Yeah, I see him all the time. We're still really close. And my parents are still friends. They just can't be married. Okay. Don't tell your boyfriend and don't act out. Okay. Oh, she's disappointed. I know. Uh, because she wants the confrontation. Yeah. Yeah. She wants the thrill. The chaos. The chaos. Here's what I want you that's to do, that's Monica. What's missing for her in the relationship. If you're sincerely in love with this guy and you and you cherish the relationship, which we don't think you do, or you wouldn't have screwed around, mm -hmm. I want you to. All right, you feel guilty. I never believe that. I don't believe it. Like, people who would feel guilty don't would hide, would hide don't it. go out and do it, right. or would hide it. All right. What's that mean? Oh, okay. He's too guilty right. to, to express. It. All right, Monica. Here's here's uh, here's my other breakthrough thing. Okay. This goes out to all people who have cheated once on their boyfriend and or girlfriend, wife or husband. Take all that guilt and use that. Instead of going to the person and relieving yourself, make the uh, solemn promise with yourself that you will never, ever do this again. And that should alleviate you of uh, this guilt. There you go. You know you'll never, ever do it again in your heart of hearts. And then just be good to him. Not too good, he'll get suspicious. Yeah, Monica was a little uh, uh, perturbed about not... Yes, a little disappointed about uh, not being able to uh, get in there and mix it up. A lot of people like that in a relationship. They yeah, was, like was, a little I was chaos. I the other day, you know, our, our parents rear us for a job in relationships. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're raised to be a certain person in that family. And that's the person that you are in your relationships from then on, because that's who you are. That's all you know how to be in relationships. Mm, yeah. Although I don't think I got reared. Yeah, but but what, whatever elements that were there in that relationship with your primary, with your parents, uh, still the clinging and all that stuff that you used to do, I mean, that was it. Right. Right? Clinging, yes. clinging try to get back to those things that you Yeah, but your, your you parents never don't rear you for it intentionally. Oh, that no, no, no. It's just okay. you fit with their pathology. Yes. Okay. Robbie, 20. How are you guys doing? I'm just wondering what I'm doing to my kids. Running a pretty heady show tonight. You're not there enough to do any rearing, Drew. You are a big a-hole. <laughs> you cannot get your whole rear into your family's life. You get like one cheek in. Go to commercials. <laughs> hey, Drew, it's good. You're, uh, we all know uh, that you may not be the greatest role model in relationships. Uh, sure, you, you, you talk a good story, but come on, you don't come from a perfect family. Maybe it's good. Maybe uh, the nanny has less issues than you. You ever think about that? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get myself an au pair with no issues and big jugs. <laughs> all right. Hey, Robbie. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, good. Hey, we got to go to a break. Okay, sure, no problem. Uh, all right, uh, your question is you want to know how you can ask your parents if the girlfriend can move in with you. Sure is, yeah. And you're living at home? Uh-huh. All right, this is meaty. Hold on. All right, don't hang up on him, uh, ladies. We'll be back with Robbie and his question after this. This is Ken, Chris, and Jay from the Squirrel Nut Zippers, and you're listening to Love Live with Adam Grola and Dr. Drew. All right. Yeah, thanks. Is my mic on? Nope. No. All right. 
right, uh, Loveline. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. Uh, 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. All right, Drew, we were just talking about uh, carnival rides Yeah, yeah. a second ago. And uh, Drew wanted to know about the zipper. I wonder if my kids can go on these rides. No. Right. Not if you're any kind of parent. All right, all right. Uh, the, uh, the children of um, crack mothers ah. can go on these things. Let me draw you the zipper here. The zipper is something that's a uh, hot dog shaped. Uh -huh. It uh, then has a pivot point in the middle of the hot dog, which goes down to a uh, uh, allegedly fixed point on the ground. Uh -huh. This thing rotates the hot dog around the thing as if it was a uh, propeller right. uh, okay. spinning around. Uh, what then rotates along that is a chain, a belt, okay. a belt and on top of that are cars that have right. a pivot point or little booths. And, and they spin as this thing spins as that thing right. spins. Right. And uh, the beauty of these things, what I was saying to Drew, is why these things are 100 times scarier than any big-time, uh, multi-million-dollar uh, Six Flags amusement park-type ride, is there is a real serious uh, uh, malfunction danger in these things. I mean, these things were uh, welded together uh, by guys that were um, high on meth in uh, a 12-pack uh, 27 years ago. Uh. Has spent a lot. They get stored like uh, by the beach where the salt water gets to them. And then they cart them back in the Midwest during the winter. They're, they're mounted on a truck, uh. which means if there's any difficulty, the guy's right out of there. And, uh, you know, the guy who's running the thing has that uh, silvery-colored hair in the bay. He looks like uh, the guys who run the thing, uh, they're transient guys. Uh, they're sort of like uh, what Bill Bixby was in The Hulk, right. or uh, David Carradine uh, was in Kung Fu, or the uh, the, the Camel Man. Uh, they're, they're going from town to town, right. uh, looking for uh, some trim and adventure. They're wearing like an orange jumpsuit with no shirt under it, but it's unzipped down to the navel, and the guy's uh, smoking one of those long more cigarettes, and uh, he's got one eye on the controls and the other eye on a, uh, some skirt that's going the other direction. A weld joint could break at any second, a cotter pin could come flying out, and you would just be uh, the, trapped between scrap metal. Nice. All right, so uh, I don't participate in those. All right, I'm with you now. Robbie, 20. Adam, Dr. Drew, how you doing? Good. First of all, i got to give you guys props. You guys are just excellent. Thank you. Props is good, right, Drew? Uh, the bomb. Oh, the bomb, yes. Yeah, Adam, you're my hero. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you get to make fun of people and uh, save mankind at the same time. It's great. <laughs> I uh, save uh, the um, uh, the youth of America through a steady diet of ridicule. Yeah, I think it's just constructive criticism. It's the greatest. Yeah, Thank right. you. All right, so Robbie, you're 20. You live at home. Yep. And you'd like your girlfriend to move in uh, with you. Yes. In your folks' room or? <laughs> no. No. Well, we're be we're gonna get a new house, and it's got like four bedrooms, and it's just me and my mom and my dad. And ah, you mean you want to offer her a room because you have so much extra space there? No. Um, oh. She's graduating from high school, and um, I want her to come out here, go to school with me at college, and I just I want to confront my parents and ask them to see if they'd be okay. And be in your room with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how, kind of, how long have you gone out with her? Um, Four years. I oh, just I'm moved sorry. out here from Hawaii. Did he say that? I'm just guessing. Troy, would you stop with the speculation? How long have you gone out with her? I went out with her for three months before I moved out here. Oh, okay. 
but I worked with her for about four right. months. Right. Uh, check the uh, migration calendar of the Loveline listeners. Uh, you got out in, let's see, it looked like fall 96. So uh, you guys have been together 18 months? Yeah, we've been having a long uh, phone relationship. Yeah, what kind of the hell do we know when you moved, uh, Robbie? That's the question. I moved from Hawaii to here in November. Okay. Where's here? I live in Reddings. Okay. Oh, excuse me, Redlands. Oh, <laughs> All right. Is, I don't even know there's a difference, but all right. You moved there from Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, because you couldn't get enough sun sand and, and beautiful women? No, I was just growing up. I went out to school, got a better job. Okay. Started, uh... All right, so now you're out in Redlands? Mm-hmm. And um, you've been together with her for how long then? Since August of last year. It's going to take like uh, well into the 11 o'clock hour for me to calculate that. August of uh, last year. Yeah, yeah, about a year. All right, just start giving me a, a year. Yeah. Okay. A all year, right. but only like three months. All right. And your parents know about this relationship, and it's a serious relationship. Yes. Uh, and she mom. is 18? She's 17. And mm -hmm. how serious is this for her? Uh, she really wants to come out here. Um, uh -huh. Where are her folks? She lives with her folks in Hawaii. Oh, I uh, see. She doesn't have a, that great of a home life. And I, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of... What's the deal there? Yeah. What's that all uh, about? She had an alcoholic father, divorced yeah. parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, this whole thing feels... What's the feeling you get from this? Uh, it It feels like she's trying to get the hell out of where she is. But how, but how about the feeling you get from him? Anything? Any kind of vibe? Uh, he's a little uh, sketchy for a 20-year-old. I mean, uh, the whole date thing. <laughs> I don't know why I'm perturbed by the whole date thing. What do you mean? I, I hate it when people assume I know uh, what the hell's going on. Oh, uh, uh, we, well, we've been together three months since I moved. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, but uh, to me, to me uh, this, this uh, I, I, first, I get this sort of clingy, uncomfortable feeling I got. I mean, that was too, well, too he's, much. He's I, 20. I, he met, 20. He's eight. 19. He met a chick when she was uh, in uh, a junior in high school. And, and, and you're going to cart her out and move her with your parents. And it's just, it's just well, too he much. Well, he wants to be with her. I understand, but it just, it just What it are the alternatives, right. And it doesn't surprise me that she would be uh, going along with this as, a, as an escape hatch, escape route. But I suspect... She will act out. Where does she want to go to college? Um, oh, I'd like her to go to school with me. <laughs> she wants to do that as well. Right. Uh, for like, for, no, no, let me turn on, the table. For, let me ask. For what? show and tell or, or actually enroll? To enroll, yeah. Where does she want to go to college? Uh, she like to go out to Davis. Ah. Uh -huh. no, that's, that's, a, that's not where you live, though, is it? No, but it's still California around the general area. Did she, yeah, but uh, who cares if you're a few hundred miles apart, uh, then it's ruined. Yeah. All right. Arabi. Uh, we can do the thing where she's over there and I'm over here. And what kind of grades uh, does she pull? Uh, Semi-average grades. No, okay. She's not coming to Davis then. No. You see Davis, it's not an easy well, school to get start into. start off in, you know, in community college, work her way up. Right. I'd help her out. Right. She would learn to love you. you but Rob, you're going you're <laughs> to you have her feet bound too? Right. It's like you're going to rescue her and, and, and breed her. <laughs> You know, it's a. I'd like to get on that list, uh, Robbie. Uh, if you are, if you are uh, putting her out to stud. All right, so Robbie, here's your plan. Here's your uh, deceptive plan. Yeah. Uh, first off, she's not going to come out to go to college. She's going to come out uh, to uh, work at an Arby's and go to junior college uh, for the rest of her life. Uh, under his. Uh... She doesn't get good grades. Her her family's uh, to hell. Uh, she's she's uh, probably a good five years away from getting into a place like UC Davis, right? Right. Realistically. 
<laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have she's this, from out of state, so she have to pay the full fee too. You're gonna have this uh, out of state person dumped in your lap with it more baggage uh, than what's coming off that uh, TWA flight. I can guarantee you that. And why are you so desperate? Well, I feel like she was my best friend. Um, I left a lot of good friends out there. It was kind of a culture shock. I was out there for ten years. All right. Uh, so you're cling you're clinging to that, and, yeah. and you're well, trying to bring up. You gotta establish a life out here. I mean, if you're out here and this is where your new home is, you've gotta disconnect and and as painful as that is, complete that that loss. Where are your parents? Let me talk to them, Robbie. They're asleep. All right. Uh, you know they're never gonna go for this cockamamie story, don't you? Mm, I was thinking I'd pay rent. It'd be like um. I know. You, there's a lot of hypotheticals here. Uh, you'll you'll pay some rent even though you don't have a job right now. No, I do have a job. Well, why are you living at home then? Um. They help me out with school. They said as long as I'm going to school, they'll help me out. All right, what job do you have? I work in retail sales. Uh-huh. You work like eight hours a week, or? No, I work close to 36 to 40. Really? And I go to school full-time, yeah. How do you go to school full-time and work full-time? I never sleep. Okay. All right, then if you work full-time, yeah. here's what you do. All right, here's your plan, Robbie. And first off, if you want a little piece of uh, Hawaii, just go go get a new girlfriend and open, buy a can of macadamia nuts at the at the store. But I, I hear Don Jose available. <laughs> here's a little inside comedy there, Robbie. Okay, here's what you have to do. Yeah. All right. If you're serious now, because here's the deal, Robbie. Uh, you, you got a lot of plans. You're gonna think you're, she's gonna come out. Maybe she's gonna co go to college. You're gonna pay some rent. It's all hypothetical. Here's right, what you right. need to do. You're working full time. Get a place. Tell your folks, uh, listen, continue paying for me in college. That's great. I'm working full-time. I'm going to get myself a nice little one-bedroom apartment here in uh, Redlands, and I'm going to move her into that. Now, if you are committed enough to go out, uh, find a place, uh, pay a few months' rent, first, last, utilities, and all that, set up on your own, then you're committed enough to take her in. And, and, and you're not burdening enough. your parents. Right, right, right. Thank you. And it means you're serious. See, a lot of people have... Uh, but mature enough, too, to make those sorts of decisions. Right. A lot of people have plans uh, that sound uh, very lofty, but they're not even... But they're still living at home. They're unrealistic, yeah. Totally fantasy, unrealistic. Fantasy, yeah. That's right. All right? Don't work on your parents. Work on yourself. What is it? Weird uh, name night? Uh, just Beth? Just Beth. It's the name where you... Uh, uh, Charlton Heth. I want to say that I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank you. Say your name one more time. Japheth. <laughs> this is. Uh, did your parents name you Japheth? Yes. All right. I'm sure you've been getting crap uh, for your entire life. Yeah, I know. They always. Uh... Hey, here's the thing. It's like um, you, you have three choices when you announce your name is Japheth. Uh, people assume you're uh, gay, you're drunk, or you have some sort of speech impediment. Do people say to you all the time, um, "You mean Jason"? <laughs> They always they think I have like a hair lisp or something. Yeah, I don't know. Right, what right, Jason. right. You sound like a Cindy Brady during that episode. You just cannot say Japheth uh, with uh, any dignity at all. All right, well, change your name. But uh, besides that, Japheth, what's um, your question? Uh, I okay. I have I've been going on with this girlfriend for about three months now, and we had unprotected sex, and. She had a pregnancy test, and she tested positive. Oh, my God, it's a crisis. <laughs> but the thing is, I just found out, like, the day before she had it, that she fooled around with, like, one of my best friends. Mm -mm. And they had unprotected sex, so I don't know if what's going on. If, well, what do you want to do about it? If she's pregnant for me or... Is she going to have the child? Huh? Is she going to have the child? I don't know yet. 
we just we haven't really talked about it at all. Well, you need to talk about that first. I'm still wondering if she's pregnant for me or from him. Well, you will not know until the child is born. That's true. So uh, she needs to decide what she's going to do with the pregnancy. You need to decide what you're going to do, whether or not the child is yours. She uh, had, uh, all right, so she had sex with his friend. Yeah. Him. And now she's It's just one time? No, a couple times, I guess, it turns out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and unprotected sex with you. Yep. And unprotected sex with, uh, was this your best friend? Well, he was a friend for a long time. Oh, <sighs> best friend. Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's horrible. I, I, I don't trust this woman. David. Oh, of course. Oh, I, I, know. I, I don't want to overstate the obvious, but I mean, the, are you trying to get out of this uh, relationship? Well, the thing is, I mean, you know, it's been a great three months and everything. Oh, and well, sure. Spectacular. This this whole thing just threw me off. I don't know what to well, do. Well, it's, it's reality and it's what she's about. And, uh, you know, you're in for a lot of, lot of uh, discomfort ahead, particularly if you commit yourself to this relationship. But, uh, if she has the child, and if it is yours, um, or if it is mine, mine. I'm, I'm going to take care of it. You know, I'm not going to let her. So be it. Uh, you think you both ought to think about adoption? <laughs> I really think. That'd be I, I, I think you both ought to think about getting someone to adopt to you guys. That's the real angle, Drew. Yeah. All right, Japheth, listen to me, All right. please. You know I'm a sage. I, you'll look that up, and you'll you'll realize it is I. This girl has issues and uh, we don't have time to get into the issues uh, she has she has trouble she i uh, i don't know where she came from or what her past is but uh, i'm guessing it's not a not a steady one well she got kicked out all right, all right. She's all right. Uh, okay all right. whatever okay there's there's there you're 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 in for a long long uh, road to hoe i guarantee you that uh, I would wash my hands with this girl. And if it is, in fact, your child, then you take care of your child. And hope she gives it up for adoption, frankly, because oh, neither yes. of you are worthy parents. Uh, and I, I don't mean that you're not worthy people, but you're not in a point in your life where parenting is likely to be effective. All right, and, uh, and I know we're late, but look, here's the deal, all you uh, idiots in society who are listening to the show, and uh, mainly for the good folks that aren't listening to the show. You're not qualified. You know what she's about, and uh, you know you're in for a lot of lot of uh, discomfort ahead, particularly if you commit yourself to this relationship. But uh, if she has the child, and if it is yours, um, or if it it's is mine, mine I'm, I'm going to take care of it. You know, I'm not going to let her. So be it. Uh, you think you both ought to think about adoption? <laughs> I really think. That'd be I, I I think you both ought to think about getting someone to adopt to you guys. That's the real angle, Drew. Yeah. All right, Japheth, listen to me. All right. Please. You know I'm a sage. I, you'll look that up and you'll, you'll realize it is I. This girl has issues. Uh, we don't have time to get into the issues uh, she has. She has trouble. She, I, uh, I don't know where she came from or what her past is, but uh, I'm guessing it's not a, not a steady one. She got kicked out. All right. She's All right. 19. Uh, okay. Right. Whatever. Okay. There's, there's, there. You're, you're, you're in for a long, long uh, road to hoe. I guarantee you that. Uh, I would wash my hands with this girl. And if it is in fact your child, then you take care of your child. 
and hope she gives it up for adoption, frankly, oh, because neither yes. of you are worthy parents. Uh, and I, I don't mean that you're not worthy people, but you're not at a point in your life where parenting is likely to be effective. All right, and, uh, and I know we're late, but look, here's the deal, all you uh, idiots in society who are listening to the show, and um, mainly for the good folks that aren't listening to the show. You're not qualified to be a parent. That's an all right concept. You know, you tell somebody uh, who wants to fly a, a DC-10 uh, filled with uh, Japanese tourists, uh, uh, hey, you can't fly that. You've never flown a plane. You're, 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 you're 18 and you're drunk. You're not qualified. You're not qualified uh, to be a computer technician if you don't know how to work a computer. You're not qualified to do many, many things in this life. Why is this one not at the top of the list? Why are people so offended when you tell, like, an 18-year-old, hey, you can't do that. You're not qualified. You don't know what you're doing. Oh, that's a serious affront. You're, it's the greatest right of all, and you're taking it away from them. If you cannot be qualified in one thing, this is the thing you can't be qualified in. I'd rather have a guy working heavy machinery who didn't know what he was doing than raising a kid. Absolutely. Amen. Amen? One more? Amen. All right. Hey, this is Greg Fitzsimmons, host of Fitzdog Radio on Podcast One. Join me and my guests, such as John Hamm, Zach Galifianakis, Jimmy Kimmel, Carolla, Hardwick, Rogan, all the big guns are with me. We talk about what it's like in Hollywood, behind the scenes, the real deal, the rage against middle age. Fitzdog Radio on Podcast One, the home of podcasting. This is a show uh, we call Love Line. Uh, Adam and Drew, Drew the board certified one. Uh, the Offspring will be in here on Wednesday, and uh, Radiohead, who is going to be in here on Thursday, will not be in here on Thursday because of uh, an appointment that they had. So uh, it's amazing what people can do at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. But uh, they got some kind of big photo shoot or what for they something. Say that they're doing what at they say they. Uh, it was interesting to run into Jan Michael. What? Well, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Jan Michael. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony Michael Hall. Michael Hall. Excuse me. Uh, Drew. Uh, all right. Uh, we had Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, the uh, I I think a, a really funny comedic actor did all this John Hughes movies. Nice guy and, too. And a real nice guy. We had him on the TV show some months back. We invited him to come on the radio, and booked him. He, uh, he gladly. Gladly accepted. A very, uh, very cordial guy. Very, uh, very approachable. Very likable. Never showed up. Not only uh, did he not show up here on Loveline, um, but we never got a phone call from the publicist well, no, or they, anything. Uh, the, did all we? those people claimed he disappeared from life. He just he vanished off the planet, right? Yeah, he got caught in Mexico. Yeah, but that's not what they told us. Yeah, remember he got caught behind the border, and they wouldn't let him across. I don't know. We hear, and whatever happened with like a Natalia Sagluti? I don't know. I think she had a shipwreck. It, it is so weird, uh, the multitude of reasons why uh, people don't end up doing this show. And it's never anything good. And please, uh, or sometimes it is, but in, in Tyra Banks' uh, case, she came in here. She had a uh, vomit bag on her knee. God bless her. And uh, like I was saying that night, uh, no sympathy for supermodels when you're sick. I was still just eyeballing her. She didn't have her pants buttoned because she was so ill. She couldn't, uh, the, the extra uh, pressure on the belly would have that, been that was a purely sexual too much. Thing, yeah. I still, uh, you, you can only look so bad when you're a supermodel. So when supermodels get sick, it's like, uh, uh, you're, you're faking. 
But the point is this. Uh, people have lots of reasons why they don't uh, come on. And you spoke to... Uh, Michael. Michael. Where? At the MTV uh, right. thing? Right. And uh, what happened? Oh, he was, was so apologetic. And he just any, you know, was, was trying to make any attempt to come up here. I mean, whenever we wanted him, he said, come up. So right. I gave Ann the card. Good. Well, we'll give him a, listen, it's all in the attitude. First off, uh, if anyone wants to apologize, I'm always willing to forgive. Yeah. And uh, secondly, uh, you know, you can, you can F up once. You just can't F up twice. Would you even take an apology from Alexander Paul? No. Oh, and uh, let me tell you what happened with Alexander Paul, uh, by the way. Uh, and you're shaking your head as if you know something. I know something. You know something? All right, Alexander Paul, who is on, uh, was on Baywatch. Although, uh, I've, I've, I, I, I swear to God, half that cast has uh, died four years ago in a plane crash, and uh, they're still on every night. Right. And nobody leaves Baywatch. Okay. Uh, it, it's, it's the Roach Motel of actors. Uh, roaches go in, they don't come out. Uh, we've talked to, it seems like, six people that have been on Baywatch who, uh, when we interview them, say, oh, no, I haven't been on in a season and a half. Right. Yet, I go home that night, there they are. Alexandra Paul has never missed an episode of Baywatch, even though she's been off the show for three and a half years. Uh, that's the beauty of this show. I, uh, the day I'm off this show, I'll be off a uh, day before I leave. <laughs> We'll make sure of it. And Hardwick will be, you know, you hear like Hardwick's voice dubbed in here. He was, uh, he was looking, I knew, I knew a little bit the other night, too. Thanks, you put a curse on me. I yeah, could see him. Yes, he was kind of uh, disturbed that you were in one piece. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, Hardwick sits in for me whenever I'm out, but I'm never out, because I don't let the competition get a, even a foot in the door. I don't leave it open a crack. That's how I am, Drew. Yeah. You know no one can touch you. My, uh, my, my talent is marginal. All right, no, I'm kidding. We all know I'm a genius. But here's the deal. What the hell are we talking about? Alexander, oh, uh, Paul. Alexander Paul. All right, so here's what's going on, Ann. And, well, tell uh, tell the the re recap what had happened. Okay. Alexander Paul from Baywatch, the uh, short brunette girl. Who is a, a woman I've known from her for years, yeah, been a I'm friend sure of the show fabulous. for a long time. I'm sure she is. She was due to come on the show about a month and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, the night uh, or the day before she was, uh, the afternoon she was supposed to come on, her publicist called and said, uh, Alexandra will not be coming on the show because Alexandra has to jog in the morning. And you know how that is. You got to put on tennis shoes and uh, sometimes even pull the pants up and actually go outside and uh, do a few laps around the block. It's very time consuming, it's emotionally taxing, and there's no way. You could sit and talk into a microphone uh, the evening before you went out and jogged the following morning. A am I right, Drew? Well, no way. Yeah. You don't do anything in the morning, do you, Drew? Uh, of course not. I mean, what time do you get up? Noon? 6.30. Oh, 6.30? That's unbelievable. All right. So she would not, and I went on a tirade. And my tirade was the following. Uh, mostly launched, not at Alexander Paul, who I've never met, uh, but at the publicist, whose job it is, is to get in between the celebrity and uh, people like producer Ann and lay out a lovely smoke screen of BS. Not smoke, a crap screen. Alexandra's a big fan of the show. She loves Dr. Drew. She listens religiously. Unfortunately, because of personal reasons, and I, I'm, I'm, I really can't say what's going on, cannot be on the show tomorrow. Um, she's very apologetic. She wanted me to know uh, how much she loves the show and um, would love to come on at any other time. 
You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's your job as a publicist. Uh, not, uh, she's got a jog uh, in the morning, so she'll not be coming on. So I went on a tirade. A friend of mine who lives in, uh, oh, he's going to get pissed. I think the guy lives in Denver, Tucson, or something like that. He's a friend of the show. He's come down here a couple of times, Mike. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he works for uh, UA. Right, right. He tapes the show. He tapes the show at night, and he listens to it on the ride in right. uh, to work in the morning. He was listening to the show with a buddy of his in the car who's Alexander Paul's, like, best friend from high school and still talks to her on a real regular basis. This guy sat in the car and listened to my uh, whole tirade, pulled the tape out, and sent it to uh, uh, Alexander Paul. Uh, <laughs> yes. So that's what's going and on. And then what happened? I didn't hear the rest of this. That that's oh, as far as that's it, when it gets good. That's as far as it got. Oh, oh there's more. Do you know? Well, it's got to be getting good. Well, you will uh, more, more to be revealed as uh, as this unfolds. I'm sure. Well, we have uh, nothing to be ashamed of, Drew. And, and like I said, the tirade was more launched at Alexander Paul's uh, publicist than it was at Alexandra. Well, if you don't want to come on, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but let me tell you something. You should be honored to come on this show. For Christ's sake. Oh. All right. Where were we, Drew? Coco. Coco, 29. Hi, guys. It is uh, a strange name night on Loveline. <laughs> yeah, well, at least it's better than Jason. Uh, um, J-Fifth. It's uh, G-E-T-H-E-T-H. Okay. It's like uh, Truman Capote's drunk. Uh, J-Fifth. <laughs> Thanks for the correction. What's going on? Who's that? I Claudius or something who spoke like one of these Greeks uh, spoke like like that. All right, sorry, Coco. That's okay. Okay, I recently moved like six weeks ago to Los Angeles, and um, my parents are kind of concerned because they don't seem really interested in like going out and meeting people and making friends because I know no one here. I moved. Are, are here. your parents with you here? No, they're back home. Uh, um, where's home? Well, they're in New Jersey. It's technically not home. We moved around, like, a lot. Where's home for you? Um, don't really have one. <laughs> Is it military life or something? What's no, well, my parents' my parents' jobs um, just kept us going. We lived in Boston, New Jersey, New York. I've been in Chicago, Houston, and now I'm here in Los Angeles. But you're here by yourself now? Uh-huh. What do you do for a living? I work for a large telecommunications company. Uh, and that's why you're here? Uh-huh. So uh, the job brought you out here? Yeah, well, I worked for them in Chicago and Houston, and now I work for them here in L.A. Was this a, was this a, you were brought here because of employment, or did you choose to come out here? Well, they shut down the division I was in in Houston, so I was basically out of work in Houston, and I wanted to stay with the company, so. Oh. All right, and this opened up. So you're not out meeting people, is that what's going on? Basically. How long have you been here? Mm, six weeks. What, uh, what city do you live in? In Los Angeles. Uh, where in Los Nobody Angeles? Nobody lives in Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> in West Hollywood. Oh. Well, why don't you come on down and visit us tonight? <laughs> come on. Come on down here. We'll show you some loving. Oh, God. Come on. I'm going to a gay bar with Engineer Mike after the show. Come on. Come down here. You're kidding, right? No, come on. <laughs> You're Come down. Oh, we'll show. We'll tell you about. We'll how how will we out. know it's Coco? If twelve Coco show up, this will be the new family. Oh well, I have a Texas driver's license. How does that sound? All right, all right. Do and we'll give you directions. Hold on. Uh, all right. Okay. All right. What are you wearing? Uh. <laughs> all right. Take. Go ahead and take five minutes and clean up a little. Okay. Okay. Uh, put on a little. Uh, you know, little uh, cologne or uh, perfume or some rouge. <laughs> I just say that for Ann. 
because she can't stand that word. All right, clean yourself up and come on down. Okay. All right, Coco. <laughs> Thanks. See you in a few minutes. All okay. right. Uh, bring, uh, bring heroin. <laughs> no, thank you. All right. Well, we'll put you on hold. Okay. All right. All right. You see how we work here on Love Line? Uh, people, uh, they're transplanted. Uh, they're out. They don't have friends. They don't have a place to hang out. Uh, they haven't met any new people. You come on down. You hang with us. That's uh, just one of you. <laughs> and we'll do it once a year. Other than that, we're wide open. Am I right, Drew? Yeah, you're wide open, Adam. All right. Myra. Hello. And the list of names uh, goes on. Uh, 19. Hi, I had a question for Dr. Drew. Yes, ma'am. I heard that if after you come, if you don't go to the bathroom, you can get an infection. Uh, has nothing to do with orgasm. It has everything to do with just the fact that if you've been having intercourse, it can force bacteria up into the bladder. And if you evacuate the bladder, maybe that will reduce the risk of that setting up into an infection. Okay, and when and technically when they say come, that means just having an orgasm? Yes, that's what that means. But that has nothing to do with this uh, potential for urinary infection. Uh, but wait a minute. Yes. When a guy has an orgasm, it's a physiological event. Yes. I mean, there's actually uh, something propelled yes. from the end of the penis. Yes. If all goes well. Is there more of a re is there is there more necessity for a male to uh, urinate after he ejaculates than when a woman has no. uh, an mm. orgasm? No, there's probably more for a woman because women are prone uh, yeah. to having these infections. Yeah, yeah, and it has nothing to do with orgasm. Nothing. Okay. It has everything to do with just the fact that people are having genital intercourse. That's what increases. Yeah, uh, because you're getting stuff pushed back in you. Yes. Yes. That's it. That's all. Okay, thank you. Okay. They, they, right, used, to, they used to in the they used to suggest that people uh, do that as a way of avoiding sexually transmitted diseases as somehow that would flush out the, the urogenital tract. Oh probably doesn't do a hell of a lot of anything. Uh, what about like douching or something? No. Why not? That would do nothing for, for STDs. Why can't they come up with something that has a uh, little higher octane in it than, let's say, I mean, let's forget about all this stuff that smells like orchids or, uh, you know, uh, hickory or whatever the hell they're using in douche these days. Let's get some good... Uh, daisies, isn't it? Hickory? Daisies. Huh? Uh, I don't know, but I'll tell you, I like hickory. Uh, you, know, you want a hickory vagina? <laughs> well, I think I'd like anything I'd like, you know what I mean? I mean, I love barbecue. I like beer. I like pretzels. Uh, you want to smell like some beef ribs? Uh, I'd go with, like, jerky. Hey, oh. Here's what I'm saying. You women turkey do... Jerky or beef jerky? Eh, it's all jerky to me. <laughs> you, you, you women uh, theoretically do shows not to offend a man. Am I right, Drew? Whatever yes, you say, thank Adam. you. Yeah. Why not, instead of not offending him, why don't you entice him? There's a guy's walking around, you're on a date. Hey, I smell an open pit. I thought men like pumpkin pie, so you'd want to smell they, Okay, that'd be it. Like a hot apple pie or pumpkin that pie. That would be it. Uh, the cast of the Golden Girls could come in here, and if I smelt that pumpkin uh, coming from the crotch, I would uh, dive in like Greg Luganis, uh, except for not like a, you know, like a straight... You just look straight. like him. I would head in yeah. there, that yeah. way. Thank you. All right, there's something. And you're right. No one wants hickory yeah, douche, right, but baby. pumpkin douche, mm -hmm. now you got to sell her. Pumpkin and pie. Yeah, pumpkin pie, yeah, right. especially around the holidays. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, people walking into the apartment. Mm, what's that? Your bacon? 
Kinda. And maybe Adam, maybe you have a, maybe there's a new uh, opportunity here for uh, scented talcum powders for you. <laughs> oh yes, true. Yeah, what what do women like? Uh, what's money smell like? I could uh, get some money scented talc and dump that down my shorts. They never buy it. All right, Dan doesn't like that. Bill, not oh. on you anyway. Yeah, You're thirty-one. Sorry, that guy's crotch smells up. like a roll of nickels. What? All right. You had me cracking up. Sorry. Oh, thanks, Bill. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm 31. I'm a marijuana addict. And uh, cool. As I listen to Dr. Drew, yeah. Um, you say that I can't go on this way forever. No, there will be consequences. God bless the marijuana addict, though, Drew. You should uh, not be dissuading them to put down the uh, hookah pipe, and I'll tell you why. Uh, normally, the demographic on this show is, you know, 13 to uh, 22. But the marijuana addict goes well into the 40s yes, uh, with the love line. That's true. Usually, they get bored. Most people, they get bored in their late 20s, and they move on to uh, more, uh, you know, higher brow uh, type programming. But the marijuana addicts, uh, they're well into their 30s. You know what that still is? Still loving the show. You don't have any idea what that is? Uh, arrested uh, state yeah, of uh, emotional right. development. Thank you very much. Oh, really? Which, which is what chronic use of substances does. All right, Bill. Excellent. It, it tends to. Right. It tends to. People may have a life together, although marijuana typically start to have trouble functioning at work. Typically, uh, and typically have mood disturbances and memory problems. But the the, the uh, a significant issue for most marijuana addicts is that they begin using in their teens usually, and they they actually blunts the ability of the emotional part of the brain to develop. Anyway, what's going on? Well, I just started about eighteen. Okay, that would be teen. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, I got everything going on pretty good. I got a good job. Do a good job there. Got the house. Got the family. Got everything going. Mm-hmm. Where do you work? Uh, I'm a production supervisor. Mm-hmm. And uh, you make a good living. Yeah. And you bought your own house. You didn't wait for someone to die in the family. Right. Exactly. And uh, you have a. Uh, well, you have kids. One. And you're treating the kid well. Yeah, he's doing good. How's the wife uh, with the pot smoking? Uh, she deals with it. Right, but she's not a big fan of it. Uh, you did not really. Do you, but she knows, you know that. Do you think it's possible for you to moderate? Oh, I do. Oh, you do. As addicts go, I probably don't smoke very much. How much do you smoke? Mm, maybe a half a gram a day. <laughs> mm-hmm. How much is a half a gram a pot these days? I mean, not money-wise, but it, was that a joint? Uh, yeah, probably one good-sized one. That's a that's a lot, uh, Bill. That's a lot. Well, it is for you, Drew. It, it, no, that's a lot for daily use over years. Uh, uh, let me tell you, and here's the thing I can't it's figure not, it's out not about. It's not huge, but it's a lot. All right, but here's my thing with pot. Uh, I, uh, I smoke pot less and less as I uh, get older, and uh, I... I I can't really tolerate it anymore because I, I it kind of weirds me out. I get too tired. Uh, I'm kind of interested in a, like clear-headed function imagine, these days. Imagine I, that. I can't properly nap or masturbate with a foggy mind. I don't think it's fair to myself. I like to really hone in on that pornography. You know what I'm saying, Drew? Uh -huh. It's not fair to the actors who are giving it their all. Oh, okay. All right. No, the situation with me is is I probably smoke pot like. Uh, I'll go like, uh, I don't know, like over the last year, I'd say I smoke pot like twice yeah. or three times maybe. Yeah. And um, That's not addiction. 
Right, but uh, here's what I'm saying. I cannot pop a bong load. It's too much for me. Uh-huh. If I have just the smoke that was left in the bong from the guy who smoked it before me, I am high as a kite uh, right. the entire day. That's right. And the thing I can't figure out with people that, like, smoke five bong loads is, aren't you sufficiently high, Bill, if it's good weed? Aren't you high after one bong load? Well, yeah, and I stop. Okay, so like, why can't you have, like, one bong load when you get home from work at, uh, you know, 7.30 at night and be high the rest of the evening? I know it's a stupid question. It's like the, asking an alcoholic, why can't you just have a beer? Yeah, yeah. there is some resistance to, to the... Uh, It'll probably be about there. two. I don't do bongs, but... All right, you got to go to the bong, Bill. No, no, no. Anyway, um, you got so, water spilling everywhere. All right, so Bill, what, what can we do to help? That's him? true. They make those bongs like ten feet high and an inch wide, and they always go flying across the room. True, you didn't hang out. With that. The right, bong right. spilt every uh, Friday well, night I at the bachelor party. I don't want to go to the booze. Right. All right. That's good. That'll kill you. All right. Well, how about going to that's, Jesus? That's nasty. What about oh, your my family? My dad tries to take me there. All right. Listen, listen, Bill. And uh, I don't want to do the speed because I tried that Bill, once. And Bill, but it's I not. I want to like kill people in right. McDonald's. Good. Speed. You don't have to do something, Bill. Well, yeah. You I can do. enjoy your life. You can you can love or I your child. Fight it every day of my life. You got to what? Or I got to fight it every All day. All right. So life. you're addicted. But if you're in recovery, I got to do it or I got to fight it. Well, if you're in recovery, well, yeah, but don't talk yourself into if, that. If you're in recovery, you won't. You'll stop fighting. You'll you'll capitulate, and uh, you you understand that you don't have any control over this, and this is a constant biological urge that you have now, and uh, until you do something about it, there will continue to be mounting consequences in your life, I and mean, you've just it, it, backhandedly. Just sort of in passing, described to us uh, you, that you became violent on speed, that you drank heavily in alcohol, that your wife is uh, disturbed about your alcohol, your marijuana use. Uh, you know, there, there's things happening because of your relationship with substances, and they will continue, and they will get worse. All right. And uh, you can do something about uh, it when you're ready. There, there is treatment for this. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to a uh, 17-year-old Nick who uh, thinks he's straight but has been attracted to a guy. Could he be gay? <laughs> Hey, Dr. Drew, yeah, Mike. I pretty much, uh, look, I never bought anything online in my life until I met my wife. Oh, and, seriously? Uh, now all I do is go to Amazon. Uh, yeah, I buy pretty much everything on Amazon. And if you want to support somebody that has an affiliate relationship with, with Amazon, you go to their website, you click through the Amazon banner, and at zero cost to you, Amazon shares some of the purchase price with the affiliate. Why are for- you being so nice about it and saying somebody with an affiliate relationship? You're right, Mike. I should be more specific. Forget an affiliate, some vague affiliate. Let's go to Podcast One where you can find the Loveline podcast, the Loveline page. Bookmark that page and just click through on the Amazon banner located at the top of the homepage. You can even use the Amazon banner if you're in Canada or the UK. It makes it easy for all future purchases. Again, it is podcastone.com. Click on the Keep It Free banner to support Amazon and all the wonderful sponsors that make the show possible. Hey, this is Matthew Sweet, and you're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Yes, you is. Saw Matthew Sweet on uh, some TV show. Can't remember which one. Conan, was it? Yeah, I think it was. He is just the nicest guy in the world. Uh, 
Wouldn't you say, I mean, it, it, you, you never know. People have dark sides and all that, but it, not Matthew Sweet. Oh, he is so sweet. He's just the most awesome. uh, unassuming, uh, friendly, easygoing, uh, just warm guy you're ever going to want to meet. Uh, not an ounce of uh, attitude out of him. Just uh, happy to be playing music and uh, to be uh, being interviewed by whoever's interviewing him at the time. <sighs> we should all take a lesson from Matthew. <laughs> Uh, Matthew, uh, chapter 5, verse, uh, that's that's who we should listen to. Matthew, sweet. All right, uh, Drew? Yeah. Uh-huh. We'll listen to Matthew, but not to Adam. So uh, Nick, 17. Hey, how's it going? All righty, Nick. Hey, uh, Dr. Drew and Adam, I love you both. I think you're the raddest. And Adam, I just got to say, your masturbation rules are so cool. I live by them every rules? day. Rules? What are they? I, I live by them. What are they? Um, I do it every day and be happy while you're doing it and just live by masturbation. That's all I got to say. Was... Is this printed somewhere? <laughs> it's just what I've come up with by listening to it. Oh, okay. Ah. <laughs> um, well, anyway, I'll, I'll make this kind of short. But uh, I've known this guy for like uh, two years and... This year, like last year, he sat behind me in my science class and stuff. And then um, this year, I kind of like reintroduced myself to him and stuff. And we were just kind of, you know, cool and friends and stuff. And then all of a sudden, like I got this big attraction towards him. And I was like, I started even like dressing like him and like buying the same kind of CDs as him and just being like around his friends so I could be around him. And I realized it wasn't just like some kind of friendship thing. I was kind of actually infatuated. You were infatuated with him. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, infatuated with him. And this, I, I wanted to be around him even more. And then I thought, well, maybe it's just like a brother kind of friendship. And then I start having like, like sexual dreams about him and stuff like that. Yeah, and so I was like, well, maybe it's just a fantasy. And so I let it go on and let it go on and like, I invited him to, the, to this like Christmas party I had in January, or, you know, in December and stuff. And he came over and it was like. I just knew, like, right from then that I was really attracted to him. And mm. so things have been kind of going on where there was, like, mutual flirting. Mm. And, um, like, last week, like, stuff has been building up and stuff, but uh, last week <laughs> things kind of happened between him and I, and uh, they were, like, way more than just a friendship. Really? Like what? Like, uh, like mutual sexual things, I guess you could say. Was the uh, hymen pierced? <laughs> pierced. What does that mean? <laughs> How far did the sex go? It was, uh, it wasn't sex, but it was very close to it. It was more like, uh... I'm going to do that later, uh, actually. Uh, let me mark that down. Uh, not actual sex, but an incredible simulation. Yeah, kind of. And it's, it, we were up to, like, I mean, we got back to his house <clears> at 12 at night, and we were up to, like, 3.30 in the morning. Did you kiss? Uh, kind of. All right. Well, kind well, well, hold on. Hold on, uh, Mr. Simulator. Uh, what do you mean, kind of? Like, uh, Kind of, but not for long periods of time. Just like quick, you know, um, a peck here and there, or something like that. There was a lot of touching of like, uh, you know, the penis and stuff. Oh, well, there was. Yeah. Whose penis? Uh, both, kind of. Oh, sometimes it's, uh, there's a third-party penis involved, uh, <laughs> just the penis. Uh, but this was each other's penis. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Wow. All right. So wait a minute. This guy you had a serious crush on in high school, is it? Yeah. Turned out. I just graduated, and he's still in school. He's a, he's going to be a senior. Turned out to be interested in guys too. Well, yeah, but then here's where the complication comes in. Now I like. I, my graduation was like last week, and so we've been out of school and stuff, and I called him, and it was like things went really, really rough kind of on the phone, and then like a group of our friends and everything, we went out like for coffee and, you know, dinner and stuff like last, you know, this last weekend, and 
things were so weird in between us. And I'm, I don't care if things just end right here with him and I as far as, like, sexual stuff, but I totally want a friendship from him, you know? <clears throat> and, I mean, I... Yeah, like, all right, hold on. Okay. Nick, has he ever been with a man before? No. No. Nor have you? No, yeah, definitely. But, but you seem to be fairly clear that you're gay. Well, I'm not sure because I, I was thinking about it, and I have, like, a lot of friends who are gay, and... Like, none of them are attracted... I mean, none of them I would be attracted to in right, a second. All right, but it, it, at least you're comfortable with the notion that you could be. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he's as comfortable with that? No, not at all. Right. Yeah. So get... he, he's ambivalent at best. Yeah, and in fact, like, we had this talk, like, about a month ago, and he said that I, we were, like, talking, and we were talking about experimenting and stuff. I mean, we were actually talking about it, and he was like, well, I kind of want to try things with a girl first before uh, I okay. do that. All right, so um, here's what you need to do, Nick. Uh, I, I've been in this uh, situation myself. Uh, not the uh, part about uh, feeling up one of my friends. It's with women and then they uh, become uh, gay. I've turned many, yeah. many women on to uh, golf. Uh. Now, uh, you, you like somebody, they like you, you've had a little thing, uh, it's not going to work out, it's, it's touchy, it's precarious, it's right. uncomfortable. Right. Uh, they're feeling a little skittish. And... Even when you come on and say, listen, uh, I only want to be friends, it's all right, we can work it out, it, it's still, it's almost like, it's like uh, when you're trying Forcing to get it. the cat to go to the vet, right. and you're coming after it, and you're going, listen, I, I, I just want to help you, you need a warm shot, uh, the, the cat gets freaky and goes uh, running away. Needs some you, distance. Need yeah, some space. what you need to do is make your... Um, intentions clear. Uh, so, Nick, you say to him, uh, listen, um, uh, I understand, uh, you know, you're having ambivalent feelings. You'd like to experiment a little and play the field. Maybe you're not real comfortable with this. Maybe you're not this at all. Be my guest. Uh, fine. I'd like to maintain a friendship. Yeah. Uh, I hope that's uh, not too uncomfortable. And uh, if you're not feeling up to it right this second, I, I totally understand. Uh, when you are... Uh, no, no, I like to but, take the pressure off the guy, but, but then and I'm sure uh, he'll, you'll be able to. But then work he's going to have to disappear out. for a couple of weeks because there's no way he's going to be able to deliver it like that because he's too involved. Right. It's going to be a little bit of the scared cat with him too, and so he's got to deliver it. Let let it be. Put put it on the table, and then kind of back away for a while. All right, but don't worry. If it was meant to be, well, right. <laughs> Alan, twenty three. Hey, how's it going? Good. All right. Hey, I just wanted to say you're still with the. Uh, Sweating and not stinking? That's not you just uh, by yourself there. You sweat and don't stink too? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, I could run a marathon and not smell. Really? And every once in a while, it'll sneak up on you. Yeah, and here's the problem. It's the same way when I break wind. <laughs> uh, I, I, I must let uh, th thousands of uh, cubic uh, yards of uh, methane out of my ass uh, almost uh, every year. And, and most of it does not have any odor. And so what happens is, is I become lax, confident, uh, even right. cocky with this. And what happens is I'll start breaking wind uh, like I'll be uh, driving in a two-seat car with the windows rolled up and the heater uh, blaring on a first date or something. And I'll lean over because I'm confident and let a little something fly. And then all of a sudden, that's the one. Oh, yeah. Holy Christ, no. So, uh, but, Alan, we should have a party where we get together and don't shower. That'd be all right. All right. All right, so what's your question? I did shower today, uh, by the way, Drew. Uh, I'm, I'm glad uh, to know. moved. All right. Oh, I did that as well. Yes. Is with the IUD? 
Um, I heard on the air the other day that it can cause problems uh, with having kids. Yep. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay. Um, because me and my wife, we just had a, our son about four months ago. Right. And we're looking at, you know, different kinds of birth control. Right. And we don't want to do the pill. We were looking at the IUD. So what's the problem with that? Uh, the IUD can increase risk of what we would call ascending infections, meaning if there is an infection in the vagina or something is introduced into that area, it can increase the probability that that will get into the higher areas of the genital tract, specifically the tubes. And if it gets there, it can smolder there and, and destroy the tube's uh, function. So eggs can't migrate from the ovary down to the uterus. Now, you're monogamous, you're with each other, neither of you have infections, so the risks are certainly lower than somebody who is uh, perhaps out there with more than one partner. Right. Uh, she's already had a child, that's, so, uh, that's the reason they would even be willing to offer it to you. They usually will not even offer it to a woman who's never had a child because it, there is really a risk of, of infertility. It can scar the uterus. The, the uterine cavity can be actually scarred shut. Things can happen. Really? Uh, yeah. Is it likely? It's not likely, but if you really are dead set uh, on having another child, it's not a great alternative for contraception. All right. Uh, not a good one. we got to go to break. Now, there's uh, Heather here. She's 30. This is who uh, we'll be speaking to when we come back. She's uh, been married for 10 years, has an open relationship, and now has feelings for another woman. We'll uh, explore that when Loveline returns. All of my most sensitive areas were inflamed. Really? Loveline, I'll be right back. Yeah, Film Vault. Why are you listening to the Film Vault? Why? Well, if you're a film lover, film enthusiast, or just curious about films. Or maybe you don't know much about movies at all, much like my partner over here. Wait a minute. The Film Vault's a good place to actually uh, have some idea of what's going on around you. What if I went back and listened to old Film Vaults and learned about movies, and then I could be more educated for future Film Vaults? That's like Back to the Future type stuff right there. Ooh. I gotta go think about that. Where do I, where do I listen? Podcast One. Uh, is that O-N-E? It is. Okay. Hello, I'm Simon LeBron. And I'm Warren Cucurulla from Duran Duran. You're listening to Love Lines with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Yes. Two men who are well aware of their sexuality, I would uh, venture to say. I've never seen Warren in uh, anything more than uh, leather pants and a uh, full-length um, fur coat with nothing on it. Uh, here's a man who, when he's not shaving, is uh, sunning or working out. I don't know when he gets time to play an instrument. Like, this guy wouldn't get laid anyway. Uh, on top of it, uh, he, he's an amazing guitar player. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, yeah, Engineer Mike wants him. You know, too much for yeah, you? too much. Too, too flaunty. Top, yeah. Yeah. You like the slackers. I don't like the slackers. Listen, I've seen your husband. You like the slackers. Not, how is my husband a slacker? You know, he's got that sort of long hair. Uh, he wears the the baggy corduroy shorts and the tennis shoes. Uh, he, he, he is fine. I know. I, he's a fine he, slacker. He, just, he loves abusing spouses. You notice this? Yeah, I do. Uh, what? I, listen, one. I love uh, Doug. Come on. He's a great guy. Wasn't I just saying to you the other he's night? He's not a slacker. You make it sound like he sits at home. No, no. He, he, Hardworking. He cultivates the slacker appearance, yet he is really uh, a driven... He's got that casual California look. Right. Right. That, uh, and don't don't def defend your spouse to Adam. It just, it just, it just <laughs> burns him on. Has he, has he ever worn a belt, for instance? Yeah, he wears belts. Oh, he does? Yeah. 
Just uh, loose around his shorts or to hold his <laughs> pants up? He wears belts. Oh, okay. He's a good dresser. No, I think he's very fashionable. Well, listen, I, I have an affinity for Doug, as you know. Uh, we traveled uh, last year. We went out to the uh, WHF Festival, uh, HF Festival or something. I don't know how you say WHFS in uh, D.C. I went with Ann and Doug, and we had a, had a wonderful time. I think I still owe uh, Doug 20 bucks and a reach around, though. Heather. Hello. All right. Uh, you're 30. Uh, you're 10... Here, ten years. I, I owe you a poke around it. Excuse me. And uh, you're in a. Uh, you've been married for ten years. Been married for ten years. You're thirty, and uh, are, would you uh, typify yourself as a swinger? Um, no, not actually. Just kind of like an open relationship. We've never had any couples. It's just been um, men. What? What? Oh, really? Yeah. Just men entering the bedroom. Yes. Three, th having threesomes. Actually, in the playroom. Well, having that's, threesomes. that's what the bedroom becomes when uh, you got three people is, getting it on. Is, it. is that something you want? Um, in the beginning, it seemed like it, yes. Why? Why? Um, I don't know. Is something that something different? It's something different. My husband and I had been together for six years before we had even spoke about it. Mm -hmm. And he, he brought it up, and about a year later, I... We started to. Where'd you find the guy? What guy? Oh, the guy that we brought in. Yeah. Oh, I was a, I was a stripper working in a club. And okay. Right. Oh, you want to gamble, Drew? Right. Oh yeah, it's a layup. Oh, the layup. All right, hold on a second, Heather. Okay. We're gonna do some gambling. Okay. Uh, I was about to say something, but uh, no. Uh, this, uh, when I went out um, uh, uh, two weekends ago with, um, uh, to the uh, gay steakhouse uh, in Washington, uh, D.C., with uh, Dickie from the Boston's, yeah. uh, w one of the guys in the group had uh, just sort of uh, participated in this sort of thing. Uh. And uh, it, there, there are guys out there who are certainly willing to do this. I would find it to be a complete distraction. By the way, uh, getting it on. Like, there's no way I could have sex with uh, Susan with Drew uh, hovering around in the background. I, I, would, I, would, I, I would be scared uh, that uh, something would go uh, upside my head, like a blunt, you know, yeah. object. Yeah. Like, halfway into it, you would decide this is not what you wanted. Yeah. Uh, that in reality, you were uh, not swingers, but the necrophiliacs, and you now had to kill me. Yeah. All right, but anyway. And, and you don't find, uh, I mean, guys can participate in this and not be totally screwed up. Okay. But you don't find women. Right, a little double standard. All right, Drew? It's not double standard. It just, that's just the way it goes. All right, it's you funny. have any money tonight, Drew? Are you doing all right for money, Drew? Let's see. Don't you win from last night? No, you didn't win last night. Last night was a bust. You got a dollar? Yeah. All right, get another one out for me. Uh. <laughs> well, I don't have any money. I have three dollars. All right, well, give me, come no, on. Two dollars. Two. Well, you win, you, you, you got to bet. You, you, you got to bet. <laughs> <laughs> come on, all the money I've given you. Come on, you don't need that money. Three bucks. Where are you going? You don't, you don't smoke. All right. Um, all right. What, don't you have some sort of change bucket at home or something? Go ahead, let's go. Okay. See if I can win my money back. Okay. Uh, Heather's 30. Back. Heather's uh, been married for 10 years. At that time, it's a real tie for me. Because of the house and everything, yeah. and because uh, of the six thousand bucks, <laughs> and I can't uh, afford big screen TV. Go ahead. Uh, let me tell you, I bought this big screen uh, that uh, same as uh, cash, uh, one year to pay it off thing. Yeah. So uh, listen, uh, things better go well for me.
Otherwise, I'm going to have to part with the big screen. Um, she's a dancer. Yep. Uh, and a swinger. Yep. All right. Uh, go ahead, Drew. Uh, sexually abused. Somebody close to her. Brother, father, something like that. A long time. <laughs> Starting before age of six. All right. Who's sexually abused her? Because I'll take sexual abuse, too. Yeah. Uh, You're going with a, a family member? Or family member. Not, not family not. member. Uh, all right. Can I go for distant family member? Sure. I'll go for your distant family member or someone in the neighborhood. Yeah. Can I do that? Yep. All right. Heather. Yes. What's going on? What's going on? Mm -hmm. um, I was not sexually abused by any family members. Mm. I am from a divorced family from the age of three. But when I was 14, I was brutally assaulted by four men. Aha. Uh -huh. What happened? What happened? I went to a friend of mine's house and um, partaked of some cocaine for the first time. And put myself in a situation that I shouldn't have been in and was held down and raped repeatedly by four men. Were these guys uh, guys you'd met before? Um, two of them were, yes. So I, I don't where, where did you meet them? Um, they were my girlfriend's two brothers. Mm -hmm. All right, but I'm I, taking the money, by the way, Drew. That is but, sexual yeah, assault by I, someone I, other than a family I member, a but in the neighborhood. That something didn't, but the thing there... about it was is that I had had that blocked in my, in my head. That event? It was blocked away yeah. until um, right before I started stripping. Yeah. Uh, but how, how do you block something uh, away that happened when you were 14? I mean, you were... If, you, if something had happened before that, that you blocked away, you have that mechanism already in place. I don't know how I did it. It just happened. Heather, is it possible? Are there big chunks of your childhood that are missing? Oh, yes. Lots of, lots of chunks oh, of my childhood that are missing. Yeah. Two boxes now. I can see it going. Yes. Yeah, I've had speculations about one of my uncles. That, oh, that's for me. Nothing solid. Nothing solid and nothing from dad. No, nothing from my dad, no. Or your brothers or anything. My, um, that, I don't, I don't know. Please. Uh, not your brothers. I know them. They couldn't have done something like this, Heather. But Heather, something did happen. I, I, I can Right, I'm taking the two bucks. So I'm, not, I'm not leaving it to a total no. It, it's, it's a yes, because that's, that's, how, that's how at 14 you were able to have been victimized by these, these criminals. And that's how your brain was but able to... But whatever happened to just good old-fashioned rape? I yeah, mean, don't guys just rape anymore? Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah, they I do. mean, but innocent uh, victims like but, in the movies. Yeah, but the, it, what we know about Heather is that she she had a, a psychological mechanism. She blocks memories, and that's a primitive mechanism. Uh, and it's kind of unusual to develop that age of 14. And she has chosen a, a, a career now where she not she continues to act these things out. Well, see, act, you're acting, out, you're acting out the rape all the time, but the, the, the dancing is just a way of getting some control and mastery over those things which are horrifying to you. How do you feel about men in general? Um, I don't have anything against most men anymore. I used to hate all men. All right. But what, what changed that? I don't. What changed that my husband did? Mm. I love forcing you to have sex with, with his other bodies. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. He never has never forced me to do anything. But he, it was his idea. It was a suggestion. We both came to the conclusion together. Uh-huh. The, the conclusion that he brought up and that he worked on you with. Well, there's, there's times that I can be talked into doing pretty much anything. All right. And that's what your husband did. That, that is being a good victim. Oh, I've, I've, I've played being the used. Then, being then used also. and victimized. That's it. That's Heather. Okay. You know, it, it, All right. It, who, I, was, who were the guys you had sex with in front of your husband? Um, some of them were business um, investors in the place where my husband worked. 
Um, a few of them were people. What kind of place does your husband work at? Strip bar. Yeah. Oh no, he he's a a laser tech, and a um, holographer. A holographer. Yes. What's he do? He makes oh, holograms. And he fixes lasers. Really? And he in 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 he let or suggested that uh, some of his associates um, have intercourse with you. Oh no, it was it was a mutual decision. Right, the mutual decision that he brought up and that he worked on you on. And that he invited the guys in for. Well, actually, it was supposed to be um, couples, but... Yeah. Uh, so I've far, I've not heard one element of mutuality in any of these suggestions. Not one. The first time, no. The second time, I, it was, I was dancing. Oh, Heather, please. And it just kind of led into it. It doesn't, it doesn't just, they come over and it happens. All right. Do you have kids? Yes, I have one. Okay. She's eight. All right, all right. All right, so Heather, you, you understand what's going on here now, right? Um, sort of, but now I kind of like feel obligated to have a woman into it because there hasn't ever been a woman. All right, but but listen, it, it, whether you're talking about uh, a man, uh, obligated. All right, just just to the balance of nature. I, 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 I can't even sort uh, begin to sift through this. Listen, Heather, uh, whether it's a man, a woman. Or uh, a gay Eskimo uh, in your uh, bedroom. Uh, this isn't the point. This has nothing to do with anything. Do you understand? And Drew knew, and I knew, you were sexually uh, assaulted or abused. Okay. And you're just on autopilot. Do you understand? Somebody got hold of you early in life, reprogrammed you, and that's what you're doing now. You're just acting out. You're just, uh, I mean... Here's what I want to say, Heather. But I, I don't feel. But, but I know you don't feel that way. That's I don't part feel of the. So I have to watch out to pass on any type of sexual abuse. I have to be conscious so that I don't pass on verbal abuse to my to my child. All right. Well, whatever it is. But here, here's the point that I'm trying to make. Hmm. Um, you're a kid. Uh, you're like uh, some sort of soft clay that had been molded. And, and who the hell knows what you would have been doing uh, if no one had gotten to you at that age. Oh, I mean, you know what I mean? You probably wouldn't be stripping. I would have, yes. I wanted to, I was, I wanted to try it just once. How I started stripping was I went into a dance contest. Yeah, but you don't. Yeah, yeah, but why did you go into a, a, a Anne, uh, how come you've never entered a dance contest? Why isn't any, how come? Why did you enter the dance contest? What compelled you to do that? Because I've always been an exhibitionist. Right, because that, something happened. Heather, that's a way of mastering things. Oh, okay. It's a way of getting control of your environment. And uh, it's not a good thing. Well, most men want something from a woman anyways. Yeah, of course. I'm in a controlled the, environment in the club. Yeah, then. but that's right. But uh. it's not about what most men want, particularly men you don't know or, or perhaps despise on some level. But it's what Heather wants and what Heather needs, and being able to get in touch with that and have real feelings and uh, act on them and uh, fulfill them. And Heather's a gazillion miles away from that. Oh, yeah. She ain't even close. Yeah. I mean, she's working tomorrow night and couldn't be happier. Yeah. All right, but here's the deal, Heather. <sighs> I don't even know where to begin, but to stop acting out. Uh, I mean, uh, getting a woman in the bedroom is not going to solve anything. It's not going to do anything. You have an eight-year-old right now. Your job is to get uh, mentally stable. It is, 
Uh, it is uh, sanity is not a hobby when you have kids. Not something you get to when you get to it. It's uh, not a ship in a bottle. It's not a Buick you're restoring in the garage. It is a priority. When you have kids, you're obligated to be uh, somewhat sane Stable. for the kids. Yep. You must look into these issues, Heather. Thank you. Meanwhile, this concludes another PodcastOne.com program. When you're ready to buy a car, you got to go True Car because True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Everyday True Car users receive negotiation free guaranteed savings, and True Car users save an average of $3,221 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. Dr. Drew? First, download the True Car mobile app or go to TrueCar.com to find out what others paid for the car you want. Then, second, register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Yes. And third, third it's simple. Take your guaranteed savings certificate to the True Car certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states with True Car you can save time, save money, and never, ever overpay. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the True Car mobile app or visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com.